0: Sean, wow, it's been a minute since I've heard that song. And I agree, and I found a copy of it on vinyl yesterday. It's pristine. It looks like it's what, nineteen eighty three? Four? When did that come out? Somewhere around there. It's perfect. And I'm like, it's expensive. What am I supposed to not put it in my own collection? To which one of my coworkers said, just buy more garbage for your daughter to throw away.
1: Now this is basically the exact same tune as Hand Drive, right?
0: Exactly. Man. The, <laughs> the bo beat, the barry yeah, what I mean. beat, whatever you want that's to call it. I mean. No, there's nothing new going no, on here. No, no. Other than it was for this generation, early '80s, new wave, post-punk. I, you know, I, it, this was this was of its time as much as any song of the era, and it's flawless, man. Turn it up.
1: All right. This we're, era, by the way, reminds me of the same time that right around the same time I remember hearing Devo doing Rolling Stone Satisfaction. Exactly. Wasn't it right around that same time? I, I, yeah.
0: Again, the, the late seventies and early eighties are sort of my musical sweet spot. So juicy, yeah. Oh, there's just there's so much <laughs> delicious new wave, post punk, <laughs> meat on the bone right there. Ooh. Anyway, hi, my <laughs> name is Brian Oak, and that's Sean Bernard. It's episode three hundred and one. A bold new era. Of the Brian Oak show. What do you think comes next, Sean? Well,
1: I think it's, uh, it's a mystery. No, it's going to be the same. Deal. <laughs> uh,
0: anyway, I, <laughs> we are still, however, in the Smart Start MN studio. Smart Start is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. Certainly, since they worked with the legislature all those years and built a system in place to get you back in your car should you lose your license due to a DUI, other people have come along and said, well, I bet we could skim some of that sweet sweet moolah off the top of what they're doing <laughs> don't go with imitators
1: go with the people who built the system in its first place smart start mn yeah how great is it that they made the effort just to make sure that people could still have a life after they're dealing with all this stuff right. uh, so really cool if you want to save extra money go to smartstartmncom slash the brian oak show that'll get you 20 percent off the installation of the ignition interlock system.
0: I'm telling you, even if you don't need one, just do a little window shopping. It's so dirt cheap already, it blows my mind compared to how every, how expensive everything else is in the DUI experience. But they won't let us say the price, and they're offering 20% off. Just do a little window shopping. One never knows what the future may hold.
1: Speaking of, you're
0: looking to get out of here, aren't you?
1: I can't wait. I mean, I'm excited not to leave you in this amazing, amazing podcast. I think I'll be able
0: to get by briefly without you. And we will still have shows next week, but you're heading out on a proper vacation. Uh,
1: Well, yeah, I'm going to go see my boy play uh, baseball. He's a place for Augsburg, and they start their season uh, down in Tucson, Arizona. So they play doubleheaders almost every day. Uh, I'm going to bring my golf clubs. I'm going to try to swing at the little white ball and swear quite a bit. So wait. You're going to Tucson, Arizona,
0: while the rest of us sit back here and shovel out from seven, eight inches of snow, whatever?
1: Yeah. Are I've you, done enough shoveling this year. Are you year.
0: worried that you're not going to get out of here before the snow hits?
1: Well, it's only uh, supposed to be like two to three inches when mm. i hear. here. That's the biggest hex of all time. I just totally don't ever... We of Irish descent say, do not tempt Murphy's Law. Precisely, no. (laughs) And I'm not hexing you. I
0: wish you the very best in your vacation. We are going to be talking to... You know, you've been a sponsor of this show. Smart Start MN. Joe Burgess and his team at Moxie Wealth Management have been the the most recent and ardent sponsors of the show. And Joe Burgess is going to be joining us coming up just next. But first... You know that I'm a little bit of an emotional guy, right, Sean? A little bit. A little bit. Okay. But I mean, like, in all sincerity, (laughs) it doesn't take a lot to tip the scales for me to where I start to get a little... My eyes smoke in here. (laughs) Um, And this guy back in particular on this particular record, a singer-songwriter by the name of Damian Gerardo, who I don't love everything he's ever done, and he's gotten loud and he's gotten very quiet. And right here, it's one of my favorite folky American songs that I've heard maybe ever. It's called Ohio on The Brian Oak Show. (laughs) ¶¶
2: Across from the city I have what's considered a good view Two blocks from the subway, three from the fountain where walk to break in new shoes. She stands on the sidewalk, just waving at taxis like horses and parades and passing. I ask where she's headed She tells me Ohio I've not seen my mother any hired man Hear me, Ohio, your daughter wants to come home She longs to be with you, to hug you, to kiss you, to never leave her alone And I've gotten to know her, to live with, to love her It's hard to see her leave she belongs to her mother and the state of Ohio. I wish she belonged to me See some
0: insisted that both of you keep your headphones on, because I wanted everyone to be real softened up emotionally during that one. But that's okay. You'll go back, and you'll listen. And it'll, <laughs> I it'll, will, because I really liked it, what I did here, when I wasn't Mark jabbering. Turnier. Oh, yeah. but the, and that's fine. We were all jabbering. But yeah. the the lyrics from that particular song right there, Damien Girado Ohio, mm-hmm. boof, I just... Just what everyone needs on a Thursday afternoon where it's already <laughs> snowing outside. I'm Brian. That's Sean. Episode 301 of the Brian Oak Show. We're joined by Joe Burgess. Joe, how are you?
3: I'm doing fantastic.
0: Good, man. It's good to see you. Yeah. You have this wry smile on your face all the time. So like, no, no, no,
3: no, no.
1: He's no, up to something. No,
3: I not like that. No, no, no.
0: It doesn't feel disingenuous, but there's always that smile there. Is it guile or are you genuinely a pretty happy person?
3: Probably uh, genuinely pretty happy, but maybe just a nervous smile all the time. Who knows? Okay, but well, I'll, I'll tell you what, it served you well because it's very convincing. I, I looked up and I'm like, look at that guy. I know that
0: yeah. dude. You were with Moxie Wealth Management, obviously a sponsor of this very fine podcast that you now find yourself on, and we're going to dig deeper on that a little bit later on, but let me ask you this. How's your last week been? You Good. 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 Yeah, we were, I mean, I don't need deep details. We're yeah. not going, you know, TMZ on any of this. No. I just like to know how people, I like to check in with people before we start moving forward. You good?
3: Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. No, I, we were just talking a little bit. I was just finishing up uh, uh, coaching my son yeah. uh, in eighth grade. So and what sport?
0: Basketball. basketball. Now, basketball. see, this was fascinating to me, which is the only reason I let you guys talk over Damien Girato, because you both have a history of coaching. I couldn't coach my way out of a wet paper bag. For anything. So the fact that both of you are sort of
1: like, you know, I mean, you've coached multiple sports, Sean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I have a question for you about that. Yeah, What is the... People, like, we have enough negativity out there. What's the nicest thing a parent ever said to you about coaching over your years of coaching?
3: Well, that's a good question. Um, I will say this. uh, I've got a daughter and two sons. Yeah. And without question, coaching... The girls, yes, was a much better experience.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. And I, you have from fun. a parental standpoint, oh, yeah. or from the teams, you have, or? you
3: have fun in in different ways with boys and girls. yes yeah. um, maybe the boys are, can be a little more competitive and that kind of stuff. Sure. But for the girls, um, you better be, you better know exactly. What you're saying and what you want them to do, because they're very literal, right? So they want to please and they want to yeah. make sure they do it exactly the way it's taught. Whereas, and they're listening. And they're listening. Whereas the boys are like, "Yeah, that's a cool suggestion, <laughs> but I'm trying right. to be on e- Sports Center, you know, yeah. the that's greatest play Seth that Curry ever existed." <laughs> yeah, right. So it's a little bit different. Um, but I have had a lot of parents um, who've just been really appreciative that kind of stuff because you can kind of—it's it, a little bit of an art form getting in on the kids' level. You know what
0: I
1: mean? It is. Oh, I so. think it's Individualizing. Yeah. More
0: than an art form. I mean, I think for any of us who grew up, whether it was in a coaching situation, a teaching situation, any kind of mentor or older family situation, we all have those figures in our lives that changed us by the way they talked to us, by the things they taught us. That's kind of the thing, right?
3: Yeah. You know, it really is. And then, you know, we were talking before about... Um, you know, the, your last remembrance when you played a sport is at a much higher level. Right. So now how do you translate that back to a fourth
0: grader or a fifth grader or sixth grader? Look, if these sixth the, graders aren't draining them from downtown, <laughs> you're off the team. You're riding the pine, Billy. Right. Off you go. I mean, and again, so you do have to chill out, right? You, you
3: very much have to chill out. And it, and it really does become, uh, you know, the litmus test is, are these kids all having enough fun that they want to come back next year?
0: Right. Right. And that's, and that's the pretty bottom. much it. Everyone know. knows. Well, okay. Let's say ninety nine percent of people, hopefully, even in this day and age, know you're not going pro. All right. right. You just so, but it doesn't mean you can't enjoy playing the game. Like I, the only thing I ever did competitively, physically, was swimming, and I did it for seven years, and I loved it. Was I ever close to anywhere near the top tier? Absolutely not. Did I love it? Was I willing to go swim two miles without a break in the pool? Yeah, I was. I loved it, man. And so, again, it's not all about achievement, but it is about participation. And there's nothing wrong with getting fit and being healthy.
3: That's right. And, you know, and I think the other thing um, that you learn is even as a coach, you might have 10 different things going on in your head that you'd like to guide people to do. Mm -hmm. And I think this translates probably (laughs) for business too, as you get older, Uh there's only two or three things they can keep in their head. Right. By the time you get to your third point, they're pretty much uh, overloaded. So you better do it. So I, I find that to be a big difference between the coaches who've been around a while and the coaches who are newer. Yeah. Coaches who are newer have a 15 minute dissertation on all, all of the it. things that you need to do. And you really have to break it down. Here's yeah. my eight point plan. Yeah, well, right. <laughs> I, I,
0: think, I think you bring up an excellent point. Um, If you don't mind the transition about teamwork, right? So for me, it was a solo sport because I was not adept. I was not clever. I couldn't do a layup in gym mm-hmm. class, man. I, I knew that wasn't for me but I excelled at swimming but the team sports right whether it doesn't really matter teamwork requires a certain level if you're gonna be good at it or Mm -hmm. be considered well at it you got to pay attention right and so and you also have to recognize that there are no shortage of moving parts here there and everywhere and again most of us are never going to go pro, the right. vast majority. However, that doesn't mean you can't enjoy it and can't have fun at it. It's not, it's a little analogous to what you do at Moxie, right? Yeah. I mean, you do do the team approach to what you do. I mean, tell, it's different, I think, than a regular financial advisor. Tell me why it's different.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, one of the things that we um, firmly believe in, which in my experience, which is, you know, 27 years now, has mm-hmm. been pretty unique. Uh, we, uh, we're heavily in a team setup, in that we actually don't have any clients within the firm that only have one advisor assigned to them. There's really? always two advisors doing the work. One person's not there. Another person can answer the advice questions. But the other thing that for me that I really get a charge out of is, um, it, it's growing other advisors, right? And so it's one of these industries where 90% of the people are going to fail in the first three years, Right. So I can bring in an advisor under my wing and say, "All right, here's the thing: you're going to survive. If you love this career, uh, hopefully you love this career. That's why you yeah, started. Right. But we're going to get you through it, and you're going to and you're going to survive. And part of that is um, where it's different than what I've seen in the industry is definitely giving, right? And so when I come in, I'm giving revenue away. I'm giving mm-hmm. tons of stuff to to make that person survive and right. get their legs. And mm-hmm. so um, and the beauty of it, um, and this is had probably a life lesson I think that has evolved for me the more I give away the more comes back it's just this abundance deal. absolutely yeah that if I'm not counting the pennies but I'm just no take it give it take it give it and and what happens is it just mushrooms right it's just like I, I would say stand back and watch the mushroom cloud yeah you know as just things explode and and that's been my experience with the teaming.
0: I think that for a lot of people, when they hear things like that, they're like, okay, it sounds like a neat little inspirational phrase book that I picked up I yeah. on the desk somewhere. But it is true. I mean, the thing you want, I'm, I'm a huge golden rule guy. It's my only defining yeah. trait. You treat others the way you want to be treated, right? For sure. You put out and that's what comes back. And if you put out nothing but a dark, stinky cloud, <laughs> well, that's what you're going to get back. Let's hear some music first. What What'd you pick first? Well,
4: so
3: the first one I picked, um, uh, you know, it's funny. This is my second time back. And the (laughs) the first time when I picked three songs, I feel like I had to, like, embody my entire soul. (laughs) No three songs. (laughs) No. I I try to assure everyone, it's just three songs, man. It doesn't
0: matter. It's an episode of an Podcast. And it doesn't matter. Just pick something you like.
3: Right. So the band here is Head & Heart. Yeah. and They're great. um, You know, and the thing for me, uh, I was saying to Sean before... I never know anymore, am I listening to music on the radio or am I listening to music from iTunes or Pandora or whatever in that my favorite list of songs I'm listening to, do other people ever hear these songs? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, or, you know, is it like regularly on their playlist kind of thing? Well, Head in the Heart uh, is the first concert I went to. I've seen them five or six times probably. And they are great live. Oh, fantastic. The and,
0: harmonies and stuff, they're, they're super good live. Oh, I'm with you. Yeah, with and,
3: you. The, and the gal who's the backup singer... I think she's from Minnesota. She's a violinist. I'd have to do a little
0: digging. Not Jesse Green.
3: Um, uh, Charity, I think, is her first name. Okay, very good. Yeah, I can't.
0: I'm willing to be educated. I I do not know.
3: So this was my first concert uh, that we could all get together after the pandemic. It was at the Armory. Mm -hmm. And and again, speaking of the song, uh, Rhythm and Blues, I love it. But there's 10 songs you could pick from Head and the Heart. It's just a matter of what your vibe is. But definitely folky. And uh, so the first one here is Rhythm and Blues.
5: Ain't it nice to be so lucky Ain't it nice to be so lucky
0: You know when you watch someone, like, say, at the State Fair Carnival, walk up and just grab three baseballs and just bam, 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 knock down all the little things, walk <laughs> away with the big prize? I feel like that's what Joe Burgess is doing right now because that first <laughs> one, that was, that was definitive. That sounded fantastic. I don't know that song. And so for me, yeah. that's what's fun, having oh, people love pick it. music. I like the Head and the Heart. I did not know that particular song. Yeah. And it was lovely. I liked it very much. Yeah. There's a couple. Of,
3: one of the other ones I really like is uh, Rivers and Roads. Yeah. And uh, down in the valley is is good too. There's just a couple of them that are just they're solid.
0: And there are a handful of bands that people say, "Well, you got to see them live to really get it." And I think I got it before I saw them live, but they are awfully good live. Yeah,
3: yeah. You get you you know, we we talked about this last time that you know playing in the band when I was growing up,
0: people playing instruments, I dig that.
3: I I think we
4: all do, right? I mean, like, it's it's
0: literally sorcery and vibrations and changes the nature of the place that you're in. Right. Do you have anything on the horizon you're looking forward to seeing? Uh, is
3: in fact, uh, a little, one of these was an influence of my wife, although I I think it'll be awesome. We've got, uh, tickets to Macklemore coming up. For real. So I've
0: I've gone to see Macklemore at First Avenue, um, oh, some years ago now. I think my daughter was still a teenager then. It's been a while back, but, um, It was fantastic. It It was really good.
3: And then we've got the Lumineers, I think, at the end of the summer. Um, And I saw them at Excel not too long ago. And they actually had a very cool uh, stage where it kind of, you know, you you pick the Excel, the floor, right? Yeah. The stage came out to like the first third of the floor. Right. And they spent, you know, there was a crowd in the middle and then a crowd in the front. They spent probably a third of the time, you know, yeah, all the way wow, up. That's anyway, cool. you know. So yeah, where you felt like, ah, oh, shoot, I'm in the thirtieth row, and it turns out actually he's right in front of me singing right there. Ten songs, yeah,
0: that's fabulous. Yeah, I so. like that very much. Yeah, the only thing I really have that's a hundred percent on the calendar. Actually, uh, a couple weeks ago, I did stay up past my bedtime and go see the all female Japanese punk band Otoboke Beaver, yeah. which makes me sound way cooler than i am (laughs) way cooler i am not that cool but my daughter and i went to that we're kind of concert buds and together this summer in fact coming up in just over two months we're flying out to pasadena and we are going to see the second annual cruel world festival abc adamant billy idol echo and the bunny men gang four gary newman Iggy Pop, Love and Rockets, Modern English, Susie of Susie and the Banshee's wow. fame, Human League, Motels, The Vapors, and Urban Heat. And then there's a bunch of other little artists sprinkle in there as well. I'm very, very excited, man. Wow. It's like it's yeah. time travel to 1984. Now, where's that at again? That's going to be in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl. Oh, wow. So not in the proper Rose Bowl, but there are festival grounds right off to the side like there are for many of those places. Very we cool. went last year, and it was... Um, It was amazing. It was dark and edgy and fun. When we look forward to 2023, I think like any industry, no matter what one does for a living, when we talk about investment and that sort of thing, are there trends? Are there things, without giving away company secrets, of course, that you, I mean, like, don't tell me it's time for me to invest in Ethereum. I'm not. I'm You're not right. going no. crypto, man. I'm not going crypto. I just. No. I refuse. I. I'm too old. It's that ship has sailed for me. But are there other things and other aspects of the market that sort of ebb and flow from year to year?
3: Well, you know, the thing that's unique um, as we're doing reviews starting into 2023 of this year mm-hmm. is, you know, outside of a little blip in 2018, and. Um, You know, it felt like a major uh, market decline when the pandemic started. Yeah. But really, that year, even though the market went down 35% in a month, it ended
1: the year plus 12.
0: Wow. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah,
1: so we really haven't. So it
0: literally uh, came right back.
1: Right back. Because what makes the news, you know, the dip, not the the coming back, right?
3: So, I mean, outside of a little blip in 2018, we haven't really had a negative market since 2008. Wow. So it's been a long time wow. since we've had to do a review with somebody to say, okay, let's talk about negative 20% in the stock market, right? right? Um and you know, it, it was a it was a micro version of it in the uh, spring of 2020 when the pandemic started and that yeah, we spent a month or two talking people off the ledge. You know, I mean, I think the important thing for everybody is that your investment policy should follow your financial plan, right? And that's not stock picking. That's not timing the market. That's long-term averages right. of whatever we should expect. Well, right? Which is the smart right.
0: play, right? I mean, like gambling is for fools, and yes, no risk, no reward, and all that. Right. But that's not really a reasonable plan towards long-term contentiveness or early retirement right. or anything like that. Well,
3: you know, and the thing that's the worst is, you know, one of the things I say to people all the time is, if you're in the media, your job is to sell advertisement.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: That's it and how do you get how do you get people to watch? It's not positive information.
0: No. Oh no. Right? Nobody wants the gray middle area. They want the black or the white. I mean it's right. it's either get every the sky is falling or nothing's ever right. been better. Right.
3: So most of what people are getting pounded with is here's why the worst stuff possible is about to happen to of you. Of course. Right. And so it's our job to try to be that, you know, person on your shoulder saying, All right, listen. Here's the real deal, and here's what's going on, that kind of thing. So, so yeah. So, last year, that I mean, that's what we're dealing with. But for clients that have been around for 20 or 25 years, they kind of know the deal. They mainly say, I figured you'd call me if there's anything I needed (laughs) to do. Right. Yeah. And that's what you do, right? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Unlike my previous tax guy, who the year after the laws changed, instead of telling me I was getting $5,000, he's like, oh, I need you to bring a $4,800 check as well. I'm like, what? He's like, well, your company didn't take out enough money. I'm like, aren't you my tax guy? Weren't you supposed to warn (laughs) me that the laws had changed radically? (laughs) Cool, cool. Because at the time, Sean, this may come as a shock. I didn't have $4,800. It just wasn't sitting there in your wallet. Shockingly, no. (laughs) Let's go ahead and get to our next song right here by 21 Pilots. Why this one?
3: Okay, well, so this uh, to me is actually um, kind of encompasses, I think, the coolness of music uh, for me. Um, My wife and I, it's, i don't remember the years always mesh together i don't know if it was last summer or the summer before yeah right we got tickets to 21 pilots and we're like hmm, they got a couple of songs you know uh, most people probably recognize uh, blurry face or stressed out they've yeah. got a few songs that are like top 40 ones and we're like eh, i'm sure I'm sure there's a few that i'll like mm-hmm. well, so we go to the concert they come out <clears throat> in in ski masks the two guys, the two <laughs> like, main like guys. Like balaclavas? Yeah, like just kind of like you guys, match, you can right. see their eyes. I'm not even sure. If <laughs> okay. if maybe uh, they must have had the, the mouth with a hole too, yeah. but they were total ski masks. First 20 minutes of the concert, and I'm looking at my wife going, what in the hell are we doing here? <laughs> like, we're at the wrong <laughs> yeah. place, right? yeah. Um, Before the end of the concert, we went, and I've got kids that are, you know, uh, 19, 16, and 14. Right. By the end of the concert, we were like, oh, we totally should have brought our kids they would have just dug this concert, and and not that we didn't. Yeah, we became real fans before the end of the concert. Like I was totally cheering for this guy. Well, so this song is not one of their popular ones. Sure, but it's called Car Radio. Okay, and the and the the gist of it is that his car radio is stolen. He's sitting in his own mind in silence because he has nothing to distract him. And when the chorus happens in this, and this is almost like if you always think of like a location joke, like you had to be there. Yeah if you saw this live and you saw the 17,000 people lose their minds in the chorus, I mean, it was, I mean, I get chills when I think about it right now. It's amazing, but I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a different range. It's not like the head and the heart. It's going to be very different. So,
0: which is kind of the point of the show and <laughs> asking people to pick music and share what they love. Yeah. Here's 21 pilots.
6: something great my lungs will fill and then deflate they fill with fire exhale desire i know it's dire my time today i have these thoughts so often i ought to replace that slot with what i once bought because somebody stole my car radio and now i just sit in silence Sometimes quiet is violent, I find it hard to hide it My pride is no longer inside, it's on my sleeve, my skin will scream Reminding me of who I killed inside my dream I hate this car that I'm driving, there's no hiding for me I'm forced to deal with what I feel, there is no distraction to mask what is real I can pull the steering wheel I have these thoughts, so often I ought to replace that slot with what I once bought Cause somebody stole my car radio and now I just sit in silence Time there's no sound to hide behind. I find over the course of our human existence. One thing consists of consistency. And it's that we're all battling fear. Oh dear, I don't know if we know why we're here. Oh my too deep. Please stop thinking. I liked it better when my car had sound. There were things we can do, but from the things that work there of only two, and from the two that we choose to do, peace will win, and fear will lose. It is faith and there's sleep. We need to pick one, please, because faith is awake and to be awake is for us to think and for us to think is to be alive and i will try with every rhyme to come across like i am dying to let you know you need to try to think i have these thoughts so often i ought to replace that slot with what i once bought because somebody stole my car radio and now i just sit in silence
0: So what's great is, Joe, as you described what it was like to see that live last year, what was that at the XL? Yeah, I was at the XL. XL. 21 Pilots, and when all of a sudden the throb begins, and you <laughs> described it so beautifully, you're like, when the whole crowd is moving like one heartbeat, and I'll be honest, I've been at raves where that happens, I've been at shows where that happened, but it's not an everyday occurrence, it's something to be celebrated, it's kind of amazing.
3: Oh, man, and and... It's one of those things, because, you know, to me, one of the best things is live music. Yes. But when you hit that experience, it's almost like, uh, I don't know when I'm going to have something like this again. Right. Like, this is this is absolutely
0: amazing. And how the hell did and, this even happen to begin <laughs> right? with? Right,
3: right, because there was a whim that we went to the concert, and like I said, they had Ski Mass on the first 25 yeah. minutes, and I was like... I don't know if this is my thing, and by the end, I'm like, I love this
4: guy. He's the best. <laughs> and the, h-
3: him and the drummer, like, I, I, and I don't know if you have a rule of like how many components to a band there needs to be that they're awesome. You well, know
0: what I mean? I mean? I mean, again, no. I White Stripes are one of my top five favorite bands oh, yeah. of all time. So I mean, okay. I'm cool with going down to two, but I'm also not mad at Earth, Wind, and Fire. I mean, we can have 24 of them up there if You're you right, want. Right. Man, I'm cool. <laughs> right. Cool. Um, Joe Burgess from Moxie Wealth Management. We'll talk more to him in just a moment. First, though, Sean Bernard, you are getting ready to go to Tucson because you can't handle the snow anymore. Early stages of snowbird is what I smell.
1: Yeah, it's a very odd time for a realtor to go out of town because, of course, I'm getting really busy right now. Uh Uh-huh. But I'm literally going to look at a property tomorrow where they're like, we want it. We know we want it. So just go see it. (laughs) Let us know it's okay. So I'm literally like getting all the paperwork done last night. And and, then literally
0: going to the airport from there.
1: Yeah. And I'm like, thankfully, there's going to be Wi-Fi on the plane, hopefully. (laughs) Uh, That's my (laughs) advance. Thank you. It's not
0: really that long a flight. You'll be able to contact them when you get down. You are Our realtor for... Edina Realty, correct. Fiftieth in France location. Yes. What's well, other than that madness? What's happening?
1: Well, it's just it's starting to get busy. We don't have enough inventory uh, this year. It's funny that uh, Joe mentioned what he mentioned about the media and everything else. Real estate's the same way. Dun, surprise, dun, dun, surprise, dun. surprise. Where it's always dun, dun, something. Dun, dun. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh, <laughs> these rates! And I'm like, well, ask somebody who's sixty years old about the rates. Yeah. I, mean,
3: uh, I was thinking not to interrupt you, but yeah. my parents bought their dream house in 1980. Oh, my and the, gosh. And the first mortgage was 12%. Yes. And the second was 18
1: Yes. Right? So I've said to people, I'm yeah. like, we're and we're also kind of, this is kind of a normal interest rate that we're at now. Uh, they're like, but I want historically low. It's well, like, well, just like you probably want people that, I want historical gains. Well, the universe seeks a balance, as Mr. Okami says. It, it does, in fact. So things are kind of balancing out. The other weird thing, I, I mean, I don't know about this with the financial world, but the real estate world, we are a very different market. Right here. We're a very different market than the rest of the country. You mean Minnesota? Minnesota, yeah. yeah and the Twin right. Cities in particular, all right. we're very different. So we still don't have enough inventory. Um, it's still more of a seller's market than a buyer's market. It's starting to balance out a little bit more, uh, but it's still more of a seller's market. And so I have uh, several clients who can't find a home. Right. I have uh, clients who have been looking for three years in Matamida and Shoreview, There is exactly one property, uh, at their budget point, uh, in Matamidai right now. Really? Yeah. No kidding. Okay. So, so that's kind of what we're up against. If you've been thinking about selling, it's a really good time to sell because there are a lot of buyers that they wanted to move a year ago. They might've wanted to move two years ago. So consider putting your home on the market. I love working well in advance. Uh, so I can come out and take a look at your house, do a review of your home and see, uh, where I think it might need to be priced. Or if you need to do some upgrades and do some work on it, I'm certainly going to give you some advice that way as well. Um, just like Joe, music and live music have dramatically affected my life and given me so much joy. Uh, so I still donate a portion of every buy and sell to a local artist or a musician. 612-859-2594.
0: But like seriously though, like every buy and sell.
1: Every single one. You get to pick the artist, but every once in a while, every once in a while somebody's like, "I don't know, I can't pick. You pick." I'm like, "Okay, cuz I have a lot of artists who <laughs> are well, like, it, it, "Hey, get we, me we in on that. Many of
0: them, Exactly. But I mean like not not, not not even once. You just kept it like got like a crave case at White Castle no, or something. No.
1: No. You got to do it. You got to do it. In well, fact, I man. made my biggest uh uh I donated to three artists over the holidays just because we did the uh, we did our our party over at Beast Barbecue. So I decided to donate to all three artists that in that case. So just because it was the holidays and why not do it six one two eight five nine two five nine four.
0: Wow, fantastic news, Joe! Um, outside of the world of investment and finance, obviously, which occupies a great deal of your time, yeah. it's who you are. It's no, I said that wrong, actually, because people always are like, oh, the radio's is Brian Oak. I'm like, well, no, that's what I do for a living. Yeah. Right. And I do love it. And it has obviously informed a big part of my life and the way that I've moved forward. But it's not who I am. I'm Brian Oak, right? right. Like a job is not a lifestyle. A record collection is not a lifestyle. A fancy sports car is not. A, it's not a personality, right? It's like right. you are who you are. So when we're outside of the world of finance and you're like, Ah like you stretch the arms <laughs> you like you like you get a day like say you got a day what is joe burgess's day like that day what do you like to do
3: well, uh, I am, um, a pretty big outdoors guy. Yeah. And so, um. A lot of axe throwing. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. I, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I used to, when I was younger, I ran, uh, three different marathons. Wow. Um, but I was in my twenties. It was a long time ago.
0: It doesn't matter. Most people, even in their twenties, cannot run 26.2 miles. So were you a track kid growing up?
3: Um, well, I was a, I was a sprinter, for a while and then I, Flipped over to baseball. Wow. So, and, so then, and then just
0: said, you know what? I'm going to run a marathon yeah. because I can.
3: Well, it was a little bit just to see if I could kind and, of thing. And apparently you did. Yeah. But I would, you know, I, they used to call it, I think, I don't know if they still have it, the Clydesdale division. Cause... <laughs> is that <laughs> That's the clump, great. clump, clump, just clump, nice. clump, clump? Just that, like, a runner is supposed to be 150 pounds. Yeah. And I played football at St. John's. And so oh. the first marathon I ran, I started at 235. When I started running and oh I, I lost a ton of weight, of course, yeah, but, I was going to say, you, but don't, but yeah. you
0: don't look like you ever could weigh 235 <laughs> yeah. if you wanted to.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, so I did. Wow. I did that. But the I
0: <laughs> <division>. <laughs> I feel like that's the division of life that I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. So, but you're an outdoors guy. So you got the day off. You like to do. I mean, like, do you like to camp? Do you like to get outdoors? Yeah.
3: So, um, you know, I take I do take a trip uh, for a week every year with some friends up to the Boundary Waters. Yep. Oh, cool. Um, and we've done that for 25 years, yep. and it's funny. I I say to the, come some of the guys, you know, hey, we should do something more extreme. He's like, do you realize in the rest of the country that is extreme,
0: super extreme, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> you I, know. So I, growing up, uh, that was a very, very big part of my life in Boy Scouts. Also, with my family taking me up there. My dad first took me to the Boundary Waters when I was in sixth grade, and then throughout my mid 20s to my late 30s. Every spring, I would go up with my friends. Every fall, I'd go up with my dad and his buddies. And we did it every year. And as we've gotten older, I know I'm a little older than you are, Joe, (laughs) but as we've gotten older, a couple years ago, we agreed, we're like, We could just go to Mark's cabin. He's got separate bedrooms (laughs) for everybody. Right. Again, I I don't mind being outdoors, and I do like traipsing around out there. But as the knees and the hips become less forgiving, there's something about sleeping in a proper bed that does not break my heart at all. Well,
3: you know, I work out, but part of the working out is I know, you know, when you're in the Boundary Waters, you're used to this, right? You got everything that you own on your back, right? Including the boat uh, that you're in, right? Exactly, exactly right. So you're going to be, you know, rocking... 50 pounds. Well, I mean, there are parts of the BWCA
0: you can go into where, you know, it's one portage or two, but I've also gone on those trips where we're talking portages that are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of rods that are up a steep rock and down another steep rock, and you have your entire pack, the whole thing. So I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I think for people who haven't been there, like you said, for people in other parts of the country, this is extreme.
3: Well, and I think now there's uh, at least one other buddy of mine that have been on You know, I think I missed uh, uh, one trip for my 20th anniversary, and I missed one trip because I had a kid that was born. Otherwise, Those uh, both seem like (laughs) vaguely (laughs) vaguely
0: acceptable (laughs) excuses. Uh,
3: But every year we've kept a journal, uh, and so we've got it. So there's two of us that go every year, and there might be anywhere from two to six other guys that join us, Right. right? Anybody who raises their hand and says we're in, we just hand them the sheet. Here's all the gear you need. Yeah. Uh, you know, which, by the way, the gear has been cut down to a third of whatever we brought 25 years ago. Right? <laughs> when you're young, it's amazing yeah.
0: how ambitious you are when right. you're young. Yes. Like, well, I did bring a cooler on my right. canoe, <laughs> and there are steaks in it, right. but, you yeah, know, we're going back to the dehydrated stuff.
3: Right. Well, <laughs> and, uh, bite your tongue, we haven't had dehydrated food now in 15 years. Really? I mean, yeah. We Bringing the real stuff. Yeah, I mean, the third night, we'll have steak. Uh, Your stakes keep for three days out there. A Yeti now. Yetis are nice. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. So, um, and our gear, you know, if you went to the Boundary Waters for one year, you wouldn't buy all that gear. No. But if you went for 25 years, every year you'd say, what's the one piece of gear that would be cool? And so I probably buy 200 bucks worth of gear, 100 to 200 bucks worth of gear a year. Right. 25 years later, we have the best of everything, right? And so I always say to these other friends of ours, which we have a fantastic time when we're up there, because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, no cell phones, no cell tower. That's we one That's totally, one of the great, greatest yeah. things
0: about going in there is when I would go up with these buddies every single spring, my, my peer group, we would all take our phones, throw them in my glove box, lock the glove box, and for four days, you were untethered. All you hear is the lapping of the water against the stones, might go out fishing, might just sit around the fire and... Not do anything and take a nap in the afternoon. Mighty bacon. Who knows, man? There's there's nothing (laughs) else like it. There's nothing else like
3: it. It's absolutely the best. And we should almost, because we have such a good time with our friends, we should almost charge because at this point, we're like professional guides. Wow. Like, you just show up. We tell you what to bring. Yeah. uh, What to pack it in. We got all the food figured out to the the team. I mean, like. It's the best. When when are we going, Sean? Yeah, right. We're
0: ready. except my knees. No, I'm actually, (laughs) I'll be back at the cabin, and I hope you guys have a great time out there in the wilderness.
1: What if I already have a front pack? Do I also have to wear the backpack? Exactly right. (laughs) Oh, well, so balance, baby. Exactly. I should be fine. The Sean seeks a balance. (laughs)
3: Exactly. I mean, so this will be kind of the the, now, 25 years later, which I just think it's funny, probably how we were 25 years ago. uh, You see people in hiking boots. You know, in the boundary waters, yeah. and you're like, mm, must be his first time. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, no, yeah. Because you're getting in and out of the water, knee high water oh, all yeah, the time. Yeah, 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 so yeah. hiking boots are ridiculous. You would never, <laughs> you'd never. Do not that. in the you're, summer, absolutely right? not. You know. And also your own pack. So we've got it down to where you get two like, twenty uh, ounce, to summit bags. That's your, that's your four day weekend.
0: You know? Okay. Now listen, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're not going to Mars. John, okay. <laughs> We're,
4: we are not,
0: we, I mean, like, we're not, like, I'm not on Bear Grills show, yeah. okay? There need to be some accommodations for comfort. I'm bringing a paperback. I don't care. Well, I'm bringing one. So, so let me give you the, the trade-off. All because right. This might motivate you a little mm. bit.
3: We've got a half a mile portage. Yeah. That we can, so it's, we can do it in one trip, or we can go a half a mile there, half a mile back, half a mile there.
0: So are we going off the the gun flint or the sawbill or where are we going off um, uh, of? We've gone Ely? off both, but okay. most of
3: the time it's been Ely. Right. lately. lately, right. um, and so that's kind of our the old man version is, yeah. hey, do I need an extra uh, an extra shirt here or yeah. well, I don't want to cut a mile off of this portage, and uh, that's huh. kind of where we figure. So every we have a, we truly use Duluth packs where everybody throws their stuff together. So and how many guys has, on the trip? It'll be anywhere from typically four to eight guys. I don't okay. think you can have more than it's either 8 or 10 at a campsite okay Ever.
0: and yeah. I'll, I, yeah. you so while there's a level of admiration in my heart for your dedication <laughs> to your craft i need i need just a little less focus i like i i can't be up every morning before the sun wrapping everything into a tiny little wad i can't be doing uh, I, too much
3: I, and sorry if, if i'm expanding too far no, on this it's but fine. this is part of the wisdom that we figured out i understand we do not leave every day so we'll take the first day, uh-huh. and we'll canoe three or four hours into the Boundary Waters. Yeah, yeah. That's
0: camp for the next three days. Okay, see, now thank you, because that was my yes. philosophy in there. I know people yeah. who chart a gigantic oh. yeah, no. arc through all the lakes, and like they're up with the sun. They wrap everything up. They paddle the entire day. They set up right before sunset. No, so growing up both with my yeah. buds and with my dad, we will paddle. Well, I mean, we'll go way up the Iron River. It'll be a whole day to get there. Yeah. But then we're not going anywhere for the next four nope. nights. This is home.
3: Yeah. And then the the day before we come back, we'll come back three quarters of the way.
0: Yeah. Oh, and then good we, thinking. And then we wake
3: up the next morning. We're an hour away from the park, And you're room. there. Yeah. That's, yeah.
0: Maybe you guys do have it figured out. I'll be looking for a copy of your pamphlet the next time I make my way north. All right, That'll be my second career. There you go. Well, it sounds like you're already ready to go. Joe Burgess of Moxie Wealth Management is our guest. We do have to wrap things up, Joe. But before we go, um, let's go ahead and give an absolutely shameless plug to Moxie. Let me ask you this. There are people who are probably on the fence, right? There are people who are like, I don't really have any money. I don't know if I have property. Blah, 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 blah. Would you recommend that those people call Moxie just to see where they're at and if they're in a position to, be bene- to benefit from what it is you do?
3: Yeah, you know, I think one of the things we say to people all the time is, you know, you spend all day being really good at your job, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of the stuff that we do, it may or may not be rocket science. For the most part, it's not. Um, but um, time, Time is the biggest issue, right? Do you want to take your free time then, when you're done doing your regular day job, and do all the research to figure this out, or do you want to outsource it, right? And from our standpoint, you know, going back to your first uh, uh, part of your question, there, you know, we we solve things with teams, right? So regardless of your financial situation, we've got an advisor that um, is is geared and ready to service whatever it is that you need at that space. So you know, whether you've got you know, a hundred thousand dollars, or you've got ten million dollars. We've got advisors here that are kind of specialized in those different areas that can help you out.
1: Well, and sometimes that might even be things like tax shelters and things like that that people need to be aware of these things so they know what they need to do. I imagine one of the first questions you ask people when they're new to Moxie is like, "What? What's this all for? What's your dream? What's the retirement right. look like?" You know, and you go through all those questions, but. I think there's people that, like, they don't realize that they're missing out on opportunities that could, could, you know, benefit them way more than just doing a 401k or that sort of thing.
3: Yeah, you know, it's funny because it's not like you sit there and talk about techniques. The conversation really meanders, right? Yeah. It becomes to... Really getting to know somebody and what makes them tick a little bit, which that conversation isn't going through a fact finder. That's having a real life conversation. I have
0: no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) I I I have no idea what you're talking about. And and
6: I'd say the
3: other thing that probably makes us unique is, you know, a lot of times people solve their problems in silos, right? So they might've had an insurance person over here, an Mm -hmm. investment person over here, a CPA over here, an attorney over here, and and nobody's talking to each other and, and exchanging information, Right. What we try to do is sit side-by-side side at a 30,000-foot view with all these people, and we coordinate all of those different professionals, right? And so we're the quarterback for you, and we and we bring the team, and we understand uh, the different um, professions, really, that are necessary, right? One of the things that I always say to people, if somebody's uh, an and, you know, I'm an advisor and the CPA and the attorney and the Medicare specialist (laughs) and the whatever. They're really good at one and not so good at the other, right? right? And so we don't really do that. We kind of separate those out, but we really try to coordinate those relationships. And when people, you know, they talk to us and, and, you know, they're used to somebody who just wants to manage the money Mm -hmm. most of the time without doing the planning, without doing the tax planning, without doing the estate planning, without Mm -hmm. doing, you know, all of this stuff. And we really wrapped that in together, which surprisingly in the 27 years I've been around, that's more unique than you think it would be. Because in my head, I think, well, how do you know what you're doing here without here without here? Right. But that's not the norm. That's well, not No, the I'm norm. sure most people no.
0: don't give a rip. They're doing their one thing that they do, and they're yeah. like, this is what I get paid to do. This is my thing. And I think it speaks to a lot, I think, to who you are and what you've made with Moxie Wealth Management. Because if you didn't give a rip, you wouldn't have to give a rip. But right. apparently, apparently Joe gives a rip.
1: <laughs> one of my high school buddies has done quite well with the financial company, and I was talking to him about you, and he goes... I just lost out on a chunk of business from a guy, from a company like that that has the tax person has the. Right. I was like, "Wow, Steve, that was yeah. very honest of you." He said, "Well, there's some people that they really just want everything uh, in one one place, you know." Yeah,
3: you recognize, uh, you know, as things um, get more, as people have more net worth, mm-hmm. things get more complex. Sure, one person can't do it. I mean, that's the team concept of what we're doing. We have a big team behind every relationship that we're trying to engage in with clients.
0: I don't think any one person, I mean, especially if they have more than one client, which I'm guessing you do, (laughs) um, there's no way that one person can devote that kind of time to it and bring, as you. I think you pointed out the best part of it, bring a level of expertise to each of those situations that each of those individuals can do. Before we wrap things up completely and say our final farewell to Joe, I do want to thank Smart Start MN. I want to thank AudioQuip. They're the ones who have provided us with the microphones, the headphones, the situation, everything that we do here is possible because of them, and we thank them very, very much for that. Thank you, Sean Bernard.
1: Thank you. The headphones connected to the head bone. I don't, I don't even know what that piece <laughs> of equipment's called,
0: for. although <laughs> that that's point. probably true. Bone conduction, <laughs> are we actually hearing? Think about that was the suburbs.
1: Okay. That's who said that, by I, the way. Thank you. Thanks, John.
0: <laughs> now hear the word of the Lord. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Burgess is from Moxie Wealth Management, moxiewealthmanagement.com. Joe, thank you very much to take us out. You have one more song for us. I know he's British. Other than that, I almost know nothing about this dude.
3: Well, so interesting, right? I uh, Going back to, I know, when I asked the question before, do I hear him on the radio? Do I hear him at iTunes mm-hmm. or somewhere else? Right. I have never heard Ben Howard on the radio,
0: Okay, for sure. Right? At
3: least I have not. Uh, myself. I don't know if you guys have it. No. Um, kind of a folky guy. He's British. Yep. You're right. And um, this song, he's got three or four songs that are pretty solid uh, and, and many more. He's been around for a while. He's still on tour, but I mean, I think some of these songs are 10 years old even. Um, but this song called The Fear, uh, I just, I get into, I get into the words. I get into the word choice, right? And, and this whole theme of the song is, how, are we functioning out of fear? Or are we just...
0: Yes is the answer to that right? question. Right? Yes is the answer right. to that question.
3: Don't so that. it's pretty cool. And I think there's one point uh, uh, at the end of the song is I will be- I'll become what I deserve, which I thought, rather than worrying, I'll just become what I deserve, you know, and trust it. And so I thought this was cool. And obviously, he's got some great talent when it comes to playing guitar and all that stuff, too, so...
5: to the river
0: Joe Burgess is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Securian Financial Services uh, Incorporated. Member FINRA SIPC, North Star Resource Group is an independently owned and operated. Moxie is affiliated with North Star Resource Group and is independently owned and operated. 2701 University Avenue Southeast, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55414.